John chapter 1. We'll start there to, to this morning and preach to you this morning on the Lamb of God. And uh, you've got your Bibles there. Can t- t- turn over there to John chapter 1. And uh, we'll be speaking out of just a couple verses. Honestly, just a verse this morning. And um, I like to normally take a couple verses, but the Lord really worked on my heart as I was going through this. And I uh, just don't know that we'll get out of that verse there. And uh, as we look at this verse today, and uh, uh, John the Baptist is, is getting ready to, to preach and uh, getting ready to, uh, to, to do something that, uh, that a lot of the scripture ta- tells us about, uh, has been appointed about, and uh, the, we're going to look at that verse in just a moment here. John chapter number 1, if you take this text, John the Baptist is preaching the gospel, and uh, he's preparing the way of the Lord, and uh, all of a sudden he's out there, he's preaching, and verse number 28 tells us that he was baptizing in the Jordan and something took place. He saw something off in the distance, and uh, something was uh, something was going on. He wasn't for sure what was going on, but he said uh, something uh, has got my attention. <coughs> so that is the text that we'll read from this morning. We'll go ahead and read the full text there. And uh, you've got your Bible open to John chapter one. Let's all stand if you can, just out of respect to reading God's word. We'll read in verse number twenty-nine. The Bible says. Uh, Verse number 28 tells us where John was. He was baptizing in the Jordan. Verse 29 picks up. The next day John seeth Jesus Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he, he was before me, and I knew him not, but... He that should be made manifest to Israel, therefore am I come, baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, unto whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. There might be questions of what took place, or you say, well, well, the Bible, this is the baptism of Jesus Christ, uh, and this was John's record of this, but as we look at this text this morning, I want to focus in on verse number 29, where John the Baptist says, hey, behold the Lamb of God. He was saying something. He was, he was trying to get everybody's attention that the Lamb of God was coming. And uh, let's take and let's, let's look at that this morning. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for allowing me to be in your house this morning with everyone else. I pray in spite of me that you'd use me. Lord, give me the words to say and the ability to say it. Lord, I thank you for every individual that's here this morning. Lord, give me unction from the Holy One. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, and you may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. John chapter number 1, here he is the next day. John seeth Jesus come on, 
I got just a couple simple points as, as Jesus comes to meet John the Baptist. I think about this for just a moment. I don't know. I don't know exactly what was taking place. I don't know if John was in the water. I don't know if John was standing there baptizing a bunch of other people and they were just getting in line and, and all of a sudden he saw something off in the distance, but he didn't see something. He saw someone coming. And then all of a sudden, I can just imagine it uh, as we look at this text. I see it. I see it come to life. He says, "Hey, wait a minute. Hey," he said. He said, "I've been preparing the way of the Lord, but hey, guys, would you look at it? Would you would you pay attention?" He said, "Behold, behold, behold." What does behold mean? It means to look at. It means to look at, to stare at, to get your eyes looking in that direction. John the Baptist was saying, hey, would you just look? There he comes, the Lamb of God. So point number one, he says, behold, behold, behold. Many times in our life, you know who we need to look to? We need to look towards the Savior and quit looking at our problems and quit looking at what's going on over here and quit looking at what's going on over here, but focus in our eyes on the only one who can help us. Behold, behold, it's the Savior. In my, in my mind immediately goes to the story of, of Peter walking on the water. And the Bible says that he saw the winds boisterous. But I'm not so sure that he saw anything except maybe a wave. I, I don't know. But, he, but anyways, how, Peter began to sink as he walked on the water. But the reason Peter sank as he walked on the water was not because he saw something. It was because he took his eyes off of something Look, Christian, we need to get our eyes off of the things of this world and focus in on the one thing that will lead us, on the one thing that will guide us. Behold, look to the Savior, I tell you this morning. <coughs> he says, behold, behold. Would you look? Would you look? Because as the Bible says, as you look towards the hill from whence cometh my my help. Look, <clears throat> you might be able to get help down the road. You might be able to get help at some meeting or some this or that. We, you might be able to get some help. I don't know. You might be able to get some help from other people. But ultimately, the best help that you can get is from the Savior. Come to the Savior. The Bible says that if we can, if we can come to the throne of grace, what does that mean? The Bible says that you can boldly come before the Father. Look, I don't have, you don't have to go in between a man. You don't have to go to anybody else. You can go straight to the Father. And, and when Jesus Christ died and made it access to the Father, He gave us access to the throne room of heaven. He gave us access to the Father. And that took place was because here came the Son of God. Now look, number one, we see behold. Number two, He says, behold who? Behold who? Who, who is it that we're looking at? Who is it that we're wanting to look at? Would you look? Here he comes. But look, look, there he is. It is the Lamb of God. Not just anybody, not just anybody else, but it was the Lamb of God. It wasn't 
It wasn't Billy Bob. It wasn't Nathaniel. It wasn't Peter. It wasn't Andrew. It wasn't Simon. It wasn't Matthew. It was the Lamb of God. And who is the Lamb of God? I ask you that question. Look down in verse number 34. And it says, He was the Son of God. Who is the Lamb of God? The Lamb of God is the Son of God. That's who the Lamb of God is. You say, why is it important that he was the lamb? I'm going to tell you why it was important that he was the lamb and why he was the son of God. You go back into the Old Testament, the Israelites were to, were to take a sacrifice once a year during the Passover time, and they would have to get a lamb. Now, this lamb had to be a specific lamb. It had to be a spotless lamb. It had to be a pure lamb. It had to be a lamb that wasn't maimed, a lamb that wasn't messed up, a lamb that wasn't... They had all four legs, uh, and they had to make sure they brought this lamb to the Passover to sacrifice. John makes mention of this is because the Israelites understood the lamb. Understood what the lamb represented, that it would push the sins back. Not that that lamb, that goat, or anything else would wash away their sins because it was impossible for that to take place. But he said, behold, the lamb. Old Testament, Old Testament spends the time, hey, watch for the lamb. The Old Testament, watch, if you go back to the Old Testament, there were two men who were standing on the mountain. He said, hey, look, there's a lamb. There's a ram caught in the thicket. He was looking for something. The Old Testament pointed to the lamb. And the Gospels pointed and said, behold, the lamb. This is the lamb of God. It wasn't just any other person. What made him the made him available to be the Lamb of God? Watch what made him to be the Lamb of God. He had never done anything wrong. He had never done sin. He had never looked at a woman the wrong way. He never said a dirty word. He never went to the wrong place. He never beat up his younger brother. He never got in a fist fight with anybody else. He never had issues. He never had problems with the guy down the road because he was perfect. That's what made him available to be the Lamb of God because he was spotless. He was pure. He was holy. He was perfect in every way. No, he didn't. No, he wasn't with Mary Magdalene. Amen? Or any other woman. Because Jesus was perfect. That's what made him available to be the Lamb of God. But John the Baptist said, look, there comes the Lamb of God. You think about the depth of that, the depth of that statement. You say, that, that's not very deep, but the depth of that statement. Could you imagine being in the presence and all of a sudden for the first time in your life, for the first time, everybody else is standing there and you're like, who is that? Hey, guys, that's the Lamb of God. John the Baptist, he's like, ah, he's just my cousin. But hey, no, 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 he is the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Not a Lamb of God, huh? He was the Lamb of God. It's, it's very specific. The Bible's very specific. The Bible says man shall not live by, by, by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Why is it in every word Bible? Because every word is important. That's why it's a V and not an A. Because if it was just a Lamb of God, then anybody could be the Lamb of God. But it was the Lamb of God. My Savior. Not yours, mine. My Savior. Amen. Look, if you're a born-again believer, he's everybody's Savior. But not only that, but he's the lost Savior too because what did he do? 
not only do we see that John the Baptist says, Behold, but number two, we see that John the Baptist says, Hey, it's the Lamb of God. But number three, he says, What does this Lamb of God do? He taketh away the sins, the sin of the world. That's number three. Look, you say, what, what does that mean? What? Come on now. That's simple. That's easy. No, 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 look. He wanted us to recognize that that was the Lamb of God. He said, behold, he wanted us to look. He said that was the Lamb of God. But number three, he wanted us to understand that that was the, that was the Son of God or that was the Lamb of God who was going to take away the sins of the world. He said, look, he said, we've been sacrificing. We've been going down every year for the Passover, year after year after year. And for thousands of years, our ancestors, our grandpas, our grandparents have been going uh, to sacrifice every year a lamb without blemish, spotless. And there, over and over and over and over again, we've been pushing the sin. To, hey, hey, he said, look, he said, what makes this so important is this is the Lamb of God who will come and will sacrifice and be the one who takes away the sin of the world. You say, well, well, there's still sin in this world. There is sin in this world, but he came to take away the sin so that I don't have to go to hell, so that I can go to heaven with Jesus Christ. He came to pay for the, for the sin of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Why is it that that verse is so important? Is because Jesus came as the Son of God, the Lamb of God, to pay for the penalty of my sin so that I could have eternal life. I'm going to tell you this. Christian, it's important, or it's important that you understand this. There's not one other thing that could have taken place for him, for to have taken away the sin of my world, uh, of this world. There's a, hey, look, there's not enough church membership that'll take away your sin. There's not enough baptism to take away the sin in your life. There's not enough communion that'll take away your sin. You can get baptized all you want. Take as much communion as you want. Be a church member all you want. Come to church all you want. That won't take away the sin in your life. There's but one way. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way. And the reason why he was the way was because he was the Lamb of God. Why was he the way? Was because he was the Son of God. Why was he the way? Was because he was perfect and sinless and spotless and pure. That's why he could take away the sin of the world because he had no blemish in him as the Lamb of God. That's why he could take away the sin of the world. And I'm going to tell you, no baptism will ever take it away. You say, baptism don't wash away sins? No, it doesn't. Because if it was, then Jesus, it was pointless for him to die on the cross. Why would Jesus have to die if the, if the baptism would wash away my sins? I've seen people uh, say and, and talk about, hey, baptism take you to heaven. Baptism won't take you to heaven. Baptism won't wash away your sins. This preacher can't wash away anybody's sins because I'm not the one who died. There's not one person that can, that can take away your sins. But Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. You can't go to heaven 
without Jesus Christ. And you can't have your sins forgiven without the blood being applied to your life. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 9 and verse <coughs> number 22, the Bible says, and, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission of sins. There is no sins that are washed away without the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you this, Christian, lost person, if you don't know the Lord this morning, there's only one way that you can get to heaven. One way. May my plea be to you this morning, if you don't know for sure that you're on your way to heaven, don't leave here this morning without knowing for sure. Because there's only one thing that can wash away the sin. And that is the blood of Jesus Christ. The spotless lamb. I don't care. Look, I can't get to heaven. I'm not a good person. The Bible says there's none that doeth good. No, not one. That's me. Well, you're a preacher. Aren't you supposed to do good all the time? I, I am a preacher. But just because I'm a preacher doesn't mean that I'm always good. You say, what do you do bad? Wouldn't you like to know? But there's not one person that can take away your sin. Not one good deed that can take away your sin. Not one good promise that can take away your sin. The only thing. You say, where's, where's the Bible? Right there. The Lamb of God who taketh away the sin. Who took away the sins of the world? Everybody say, who took away the sins of this world? Jesus Christ. Did baptism take away the sin of the world? Did a good man do it? No. The Lamb of God. The Son of God. And he's the only one that you can get to heaven. So do you know for sure that you go to heaven? The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 13, he says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's somebody you must call on. There's somebody that you must open your mouth and confess to. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 9 and verse number 10, and I'm going to close with this. He says this. Paul says in Romans chapter 9, 10. He says that if thou, you, 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 if you, Confess with your sin, confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus. Shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I'm going to say this. If you have never confessed with your mouth that, Romans 10, 9 and 10, you're not saved. You say, what? That's what the Bible says. You have to confess and believe. Then you have salvation. And that's why Romans 10, 13 says, 
whoever, call, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He wants us to understand we must call on him for salvation, but it's not limited to a certain group. It's not limited to those of a certain skin color. It's not limited to those who live in a certain area. It's limited to no one. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you accepted the Lamb this morning to take away the sin of your life? If you have never accepted the Lamb this morning, then today is the day you need to do it. Quit trusting in anything else you've ever done, because it won't get you. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse number 10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Hey, we're ordained, as that verse says, we're ordained to do good works. So I plead with you this morning. If you've never accepted the Lamb, then today is the day you do that. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Lord, I pray. As each and every person